victim of the gun blast. The reality of the effects of the gun is a deadly narrative and terrible weight we all have so unfortunately carry upon our weakened and fragile shoulders. The constant ringing of the gunfire upon the enchanted landscapes of the earthly grounds is a very shocking and really also necessary as the hatred continues to vehemently oppose the ways of love as individuals become more bitter and colder. The loved ones of the innocent victims to this evilness cry out to their leaders with tears streaming down their face that the laws must change to get guns off the streets and hands of those with good with not good intentions. In the response and infectious rebuttal to the artery of this gun lobbyists encourage congressional leaders and I elected representatives to act because of the millions being poured in their campaigns and pockets with utmost apprehension. The reactionary and heated emotional idealism that clearly is happening is from years and generations of us through the social media referendum of subliminally glorifying the guns, insistence of usage. The boys of iniquity and destruction are very good students under the beast tutelage. It's just their insatiable appetite and thirst for cleverly promotion of the preparation or perpetration of fear. I don't have to tell you that of the suicide killers, my brothers and sisters, you also better be on high alert and aware. Positivity, goodwill, morality, and values are going straight quickly to the depths of a fiery hell. Remember, the road to it was and is continuously being built with high hopes that mean too all so well. I still have hopes that my dream to finally be able to wake up and live in a world filled with love, peace, and unity seems so attainable and positive and possible if we as one choose to strive and pursue its powerful, tangible, and intangible blessings that will soon be upon our souls and advancements that we can achieve that will last. I also believe that in my dream of growing and healing from the pain caused and learning from the lessons of the past, then suddenly I'm awakened only to hear the loud screams and sounds in the background for another fallen soul, unfortunately, victim to the gun blast. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Welcome to the Nicole One Show. I am the host overseer Estelle. Today, our guest is poet, 13-year veteran, and published author, LeVan Robertson. Welcome, mighty man of God. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me on your show. It's an honor and pleasure, and, and I'm grateful. Amen, amen. That poem was so powerful. And my thing is, you're from Philadelphia, right? Yes, I am. So you live the gunfire. Like, I'm yes. from Detroit. We understand what that yes. means. Yes. We understand the blast and yes. hearing the boom, boom, boom. So, mm. it's, so it's yes. just amazing. And just want to say thank you for sharing. 
So I want to start out just by asking, how did you get your pen name, Lavelle Robinson? Okay, my 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 government name or the name that my family, my my father mother chose at that time when they saw me. Why am I here? Um, <laughs> um, it was Larry Levan Richardson. My father's name is Lawrence, so I don't think he wanted to name me Lawrence. So he named me Larry, which is another name for Lawrence, um, you know, um, pseudonym for Lawrence. And my middle name is LeVan. And uh, my uh, Richardson is my father's name. But I came up with LeVan Robinson because I was looking for something unique. Something Now, I go by Lala the Poet. But I, LeVan Robinson is much more professional because it's my middle name, giving honor to my father. And Robinson is my mother's maiden name. So when I write under that name, I'm giving them homage, you know, and, and hopefully making them proud, heavily proud of me. Amen. Amen. You have several books published through Amazon. Pick, yes. Pick one book and tell us why this is your favorite. One book and one poem from that book. And tell us why is it your favorite? I have... I have eight books out, but um, we, now all of them is my favorite, you know, your babies, you know, you know, I'm not a mother, but I'm a father. So I I look at them all equally and just as proud. But um, the first book was In Search Of, and I, I, that, that book is my very first poems that I have written 30 something years ago when I was at the post office and got them copy written. So in 2020, uh, Nicole, I had a chance to meet a publisher, Lisa Tomey, uh, through Prolific Press. Um, and she believed in me and, you know, and took a chance with publishing me. And um, and I'm grateful for her. So I, that book, my first one is always the best. But, you know, but all of them, I look at all of them equally. But the first one um, is much more retrospective of how, you know, I feel. And one of the poems that stick out that's to me is universal is that we're all here searching. We're all here searching, you know, for something or searching for our purpose. And some of us are given our purpose right away. And some of us has to go through the mud and ugliness to find it. So uh, one of my poems from that is called In Search Of. Okay. You have several published books. Out. Yes. Pick one that yes. is your favorite and one of the poems and tell us why. Okay. Um, I have eight books out on Amazon and, and Kindle books now. And my uh, favorite book is my first one called The Song of Lala. And my poem, the the favorite poem in that is called In Search Of because I believe it's universal that everyone is here. Um, either you thrust in your purpose or you have to go through ugliness and ugliness of self and some some bad stuff to get to learn your purpose. So in search of is universal. And that's one of my favorite poems, because that's one of my original first ones I've written 30 years ago, you know, that was prominent. Beautiful. I got a chance to um, look at some of your poems, your your books on Amazon. One of is Poetic Love. Love. Yes. 
But one of my yes. favorite, and I'm going to read it if you don't mind and share okay. with you. It's about one of them correct. <laughs> one of them from Poetic Love Notes. Poetic Love Notes. Um, it's called yes. Unfold. So concerning the subject of love, I was much out of my comfort zone. I'd admitted for so long I was getting used to the fact I was lonely but wanted somebody, someone I could call my very own. Oh, how I prayed that scenario would change and I would like others to be engulfed in that good old feeling that eluded me for so long. I was tired of listening to the same old sad love, love song. I knew and I felt it was someone out there for me. I had promised myself that when I met her, finally, I would be so grateful and wouldn't take her for granted. And be very appreciative and happy. Now you come and made what seemed to be so. So I look at that poem unfold in Poetic Love Notes. It's a, port, a poem of love, a poem of yeah. how you set a tone as I was lonely. And we got, the, as a reader, I felt, okay, he was lonely, but just give me another chance of love, Lord. I, I, I'll yes. make sure I'm appreciative to, for the yes. way that you sent for me. Even though God's name is not mentioned in, in that, in, it, but it states how, how you prayed. I pray that the scenario would change. Like change my scenario. I would not make the same mistake. Did yes. I pray? <laughs> yes. And, so and, I, and on that note, on that note, has you know, has has gone through relationships and, and, and trying to find the instant gratification out of it instead of you know the uh, working at the relationship and, and building a friendship. Which you know it it involves trust and loyalty and all those other things, but being that if you're not, you know, those things is not ingrained or you uh, you're not practicing them, you can't take it outside the realm to another relationship because it's going to cause, um, you know, it's going to cause friction, and that's what I realized. So I realized that when I pray to God, I have to ask Him to you know because I had chances and misused it and. I don't think God is the kind of God that wants people to be alone. So I, I always make sure that I give him his reference when I do find it in my poetry and I haven't found it, but when I will or do or anyone else looking that there's hope and prayer. Amen. Looking at the book of Psalms biblically, it's a book of poetry and prayers. Name one scripture that is your favorite and why. Um, Psalms 40, uh, because that it talks about uh, being in a miry clay, being in a dark place, being somewhere where ants could crawl over, being so low that, you know, that you have no hope. Being in a state of where Job was when he when when his friends left him and he wished that he wasn't dead, he, he wasn't alive, that low, and and how God having faith and God see that and despite everything that Joe went through and what I went through, that psalm say God didn't have plans for me to stay in the in the miry pit. He came and plucked me out and set my my foot on on stable ground and my path. So for all people that's going through dark times which we all go through doubts 
God is there. We just have to reach out and just have to humble ourselves because he's not going to come to us with a, a, a heart and heart and, and a heart of coldness and bitter because he's not that. He, he doesn't entertain that. So when you humble yourself through the lessons of going through getting hit a couple of times, Mike Tyson blows, you may humble yourself. And God said, I got you now. So that's why it's one of my favorite um, songs. Amen. Who is your favorite poet and why? Well, of course, of course, uh, there's many, but I, I, I love Langston Hughes uh, because he, he, Epitome, to me, he's the epitome of black excellence when it comes to poetry from a man's point of view and how he bought native tongue, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the hood, the hood back in the day, how he wasn't afraid to express himself the way that he was. He didn't have to change his style. He didn't change his morals. He didn't change his his, his values. He kept it real and, and bought, uh, bought a sense of pride to the way we were depicted back then. And okay. say, out of that depiction of how, or that stereotype that people, you know, put us in that box, we're much better, or we could use that towards our advantage. Mm-hmm. And he used that. Those stereotypical uh, 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 images that you know America put back us on the twenties and thirties and forties and fifties, he used that towards our advantage. And it was awakening. Gwendolyn Brooks is mine. Okay, African American woman who won the Pulitzer Prize back in nineteen fifty. Okay. I love her because she spoke volumes. And once again, she didn't forget where she came from, Chicago born. And um, basically she spoke to the people in, like we call it, the hood. And stay in school, be cool and stay in school was one one of my favorites because it motivated the children that was dropping out of school in that era. It's it's still a lot, but it was even more so back in the day. Motivated them to get educated and stay in school. Uh, Well, it's a surprise for Annie Allen, you know. So just powerful. Langston Hughes, we studied both of them. I studied Gwendolyn Brooks and Langston Hughes when I was in high school, on through college. So too powerful, too powerful. And they were, and they were part of a a, a renaissance. Yes. And and I believe that that they left the blueprint for artists. That yeah. if you want to make a change, you follow, you know, you you could take what we did under, to me, under the racism was hard back then. And, you know, it's a little bit, it's still rough, but it's not as much now um, in that sense. But it is subliminally. But they left a blueprint of artists how to, to revive neighborhoods, how to get involved, how to awaken the soul to the greatness. And... And, and Nicole, this is how I look at it. I look at it like we has artists, it has poets and writers and singers and or whatever, uh, the expression, art expressionism. We have an opportunity to influence the, the generation that's, unfortunately, this generation that doesn't seem to have any direction or just giving up. So I think we're much more obligated to do that. And they left a blueprint. Absolutely. And how poetry have revolutionized. It's yes. important now. You have Christian poets that yes. can talk yes. about, write poetry about God. Yes. It's amazing. So yes. it's still a voice that's yes. speaking power, changing the world through yes. poems, through words. 
that's ordained by God. So I I love it. Yes. Tell us about some of your upcoming projects. Well, I'm right now. Um, I'm working on short stories, mm-hmm. uh, plays, and I'm working on movie scripts. So, um, I'm. But my love has always been poetry. So, you know, um, I'm. I haven't stopped writing poetry, but I am dipping, dabbing into plays, screenwriting, and short stories. You know, maybe a novel down the line. Who knows? Uh, but right now, those are things that I'm, I'm evolving into. Um, the, the the other aspects of of presentation of words, and that's what plays are: presentation, movies, presentation of words, having an actor, you know, perform your 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 words just like the wind, um, you know, navigates the trees when it blows. Amen. In closing, first of all, I want to say thank you for being a part of the Nicole One Show. And I want everyone to subscribe to the website, www.poeticjusticeforgodministry.com. The Nicole One Show is there. We have a YouTube channel, The Nicole One Show. And we have a podcast. Download our podcast, The Nicole One Show. Anywhere there's a podcast, Pandora, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. The Miko One Show is there. Yes. I part, didn't want to forget Pandora. I did say Pandora. The Miko One Show is there. So yes. the Van Robinson wants to say thank you for being our guest today. In closing, give us an inspirational word that God has given you for poets. I will go back to the first poem that I told you about, my first book, that's the very first poem called In Search Of. And this poem is, I think, is it speaks for itself. In search of, in search of love, I go out on a limb. In search of friendship, I'll search until time ends. Where there is love, that's where I'll be, wrapped within this mystic clouds of happiness so protectively. True love and friendship derives from deep within oneself. So once found, gladly share them with someone else. For all things are given freely from the heavenly father above. Just remember this as you go along your daily journeys for whatever it is you are in search of. Thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm going to close with prayer. Father God, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just say thank you. Thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for gifts that you placed in our bellies, Father God. Thank you for the poems that you have birthed through LeVan, Father. Mm. We ask for an increase of knowledge, power, and understanding as he writes his play, Mm. as he writes his movie, Father God. Every script that you have given him, Father, it will come onto the paper alive and speak volumes to people's lives, Father God. He's changing lives through the words, the word that you placed in his belly, Father God. So we thank you in advance. We thank you, Father the God, that you're covering our minds by the soul and spirit. Because that you are the head and the tail of our lives, Father God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for Jesus, the begotten son that died on Calvary and suffered and bled and birthed eternal life and gave us the spirit and the love and understanding of salvation. We just want to say thank you. And as you continue to bless us, Father God, we give your name, honor and glory. We ask in these many blessings in thy son, Jesus name. Hallelujah. And amen.
Amen. Okay.
Favor me. 